welcome back to another episode of Rock Hard Caucus. Is it number 18? 19? I believe it's 22. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit further ahead than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, been a while, too. Yeah, it has. It's been a couple weeks. Um, Justin was out of town driving across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last time we, it was the four of us. And I don't, that was de- before the debate and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Justin's been doing electioneering. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been a long time. Um, And as you can hear, it is Natalie doing the introduction and attempting to keep everybody on track for the first time um, because we have a guest on that ostensibly I'm the one who knows, but actually I'm just a reply guy to her on Twitter. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> so Justin said I had to run it and I am like not very good at it at all. Yeah, I'm just um, kicking back. I'm relaxing for this episode. <laughs> you got a drink with one of those little umbrellas yeah, in it's it. It's a totally different feeling. I'm like laid back on a beach chair, you know. Nice. <laughs> you still in vacation <laughs> though, baby. Well, I'm drinking a grapefruit truly and spirit. <laughs> so usually he you can hear him very exasperatedly is that a word trying to keep us on track um but i'm not good at that so it's gonna be total chaos (laughs) so here we are so um we have myself my counterpart here hey this is cooper um justin yes hello um we have evan hey stella hello and then we have a guest um, host with us today who is going to talk about her experience in the Nevada caucuses. And I'm really, really excited about it. Um, as I said before, I know her due to being a constant replier to her <laughs> and we're Twitter stalker. Um, but this is Carrie Hernandez. Um, she is a Hello. sophomore engineer, soft software engineer, um, a writer, um, freelance writer, and she hosts um, JK I'm Fine Pod and um, is a frequent guest on Eat the Rich, which I've talked about before. So hi, Carrie. Hello. Welcome. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. So um, we wanted to have her on, um, one, because I'm obsessed with her and her dog, and And two, because she um, flew out to Nevada for a week um, and spent all her time volunteering for Bernie, um, canvassing and working events and um, doing a a caucus site. So, Oh, yeah. The second best caucus. (laughs) After Iowa, we're not so sure about that. It was surprisingly boring. (laughs) The actual caucus, I was really let down. There was like no activity in my precinct. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, wait, wait! Quick before we start talking about the Nevada caucus, so we are going to end with an article, um, and there is one on a couple of topics. And so I am going to ask Carrie to pick between the two of them and then not tell her why until the end. So if you had to choose between um, stop and frisk and incest, which one do you like more? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. What a way to phrase that. Uh, yeah, geez, Natalie. <laughs> I guess. Whoops. 
stop I mean, and frisk. With the acknowledgement that they're both great. <laughs> yeah. Which one? A couple of my favorite things. Um, yeah. Okay, so stop and frisk. Yeah, well, I love stop and frisk. That's that's what we'll do. Right. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about the Nevada caucuses. What was your experience like? Um, it was really cool. So I think a couple of you might already know this, but I went out there because um, one of my Twitter friends DM me saying, like, you should come with me to Vegas to volunteer for Bernie. And I was like, okay. And I just kind of made a slightly impulsive decision to do that. And I bought a ticket the next day without ever having volunteered in, on a campaign ever before in my life or canvassed or anything. And where um, where are you from, Carrie? I live in Philly. I'm originally from Florida. Okay. Cool. Um, my friend is in Wyoming. And so we just like met up there and a third person from Twitter offered to let us stay in his house, which was really cool. So this is all very centered around Twitter for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a really cool experience. Uh, I wrote about how I have really bad social anxiety and I was really, really scared that I was just going to like fucking suck at canvassing and just going to be totally unable to do it. But it was really good. Like since I had a purpose, I guess, and I had friends there with me and everybody was so supportive. Like the other volunteers were so nice and everybody was so willing to help and just like come together. It just made me feel really comfortable and it really worked out nicely. Um, yeah, we will be sure to link your um, writing about um, social anxiety and the Nevada caucuses in the notes. So if you want to read what she wrote about it as well, following up um, our discussion today, it will be in the episode notes. Cool. Okay, so was there anything that stood out to you or anything um, interesting that happened during your canvassing? I mean, I think the inter- the most interesting thing was the guy, um, when we were canvassing this kind of, they're like ranch style houses, like really separated apart from each other. So we were like taking a car between houses. Um, I knocked on one guy's door and he just showed up at the door surrounded by long haired greyhounds and like with a <laughs> falconer's glove on with like a freaking falcon, I guess, holding it on his arm. He's just like, hey, what do you want? Wow. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm here for Bernie Sanders. He was like, no. Bernie Sanders is an avian enthusiast as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that would that would have been a good angle. <laughs> Feel the bird. I probably could have gotten him to commit to caucus for Bernie. I, I blew it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was definitely like the weirdest one. Uh, generally, there were just like a lot of uh, positive interactions with people who were excited to early vote for Bernie and who wanted more information on how to do it. A lot of the canvas, I mean, I'm sure you guys have canvassed, like a lot of it was just people not answering the door. So it was really exciting when somebody did answer the door. It's so much leaving of literature. By the way, our other um, main host jumped on with us. His name is Chuck. Um, Hey, sorry I'm late. (laughs) Hi, Chuck. I'm here. I'm here. So here's the thing. We got a packed house tonight. (laughs) We do. This is like one of those like 1980s party lines. This is like our whole roster. (laughs) So everyone wanted to be on the episode with you, Carrie. No pressure. I did like how you touched on sort of like the anxiety and the like apprehension to go and do it. Uh, Because I think we all definitely experienced something similar when we, you know, we're first getting involved. And I know that Justin, uh, who's, you know, done quite a bit, both this cycle and last cycle, 
uh, has always talked about how it's sort of been a catalyst for him and like it's something that gets you like more comfortable doing things in your day-to-day lives you know doing something like this for a cause like this yeah i definitely found that it's like kind of changed the way that i interact with people day-to-day like it's a lot easier to just strike up conversations with people now yep it had that effect on me for sure like before uh before the 2016 election i would like never have felt comfortable discussing politics or really much of anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and and now it's just like i mean there's still a little bit of anxiety there but it's it's a lot easier to to jump that hurdle now yeah it's not like disabling anymore right 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 yeah well and it helps when it is something you actually care about because like I mean, I was like knocking doors in my own neighborhood and I like knocked on a guy across the street who literally offered to loan me a chainsaw, but I was too nervous to talk to him. So I bought a chainsaw instead. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> then I'm knocking on his door asking, hey, what do you think about Bernie Sanders? So... That's very Iowa. <laughs> I kept telling him because he was like, now it's too late. It's been a week since I asked him and he's going to have to get it back. I can't ask him. And I'm like, go for it. And now we own a chainsaw. So (laughs) you never have to worry about it again. Right. (laughs) If anybody needs one, you can call me up. (laughs) And then you'll be too anxious about it and buy your own. (laughs) The cycle will continue. (laughs) So Carrie, Um, I'm, do you, sorry, I don't mean to take over, but. No, it's please just, do. It's just my instincts. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Shocking <laughs> off my, my responsibility no, 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 as no. usual. No, this is just one question for me, and then you're in charge again, okay? <laughs> so, Carrie, I'm wondering if you had any, like, like negative interactions with people, like people who were very opposed to Bernie and were rude to you. Did you experience any of that in Nevada? Um, I mean, like, while canvassing, like, the very first day, I had one guy... Um, just be like, you know, you can't be here. There's no soliciting here, especially if you're a liberal. But by that point, I had already, yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was like pretty aggressive. And he actually ended up arguing with the guy that was um, giving us a ride. Like, I guess he was just there to pick us up. But um, I was just immediately like, no, yeah, I can be here. It's my first amendment, right? Which like normally for me, that would have just like triggered a panic attack. Like I cannot handle confrontation like that with strangers. But having spent the day canvassing, just like, I don't know. I was just like totally at ease and just like, no, yeah, I can be here. And I just kept walking. <laughs> you whipped out your uh, pocket constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Open it up to page one. That's right. That's right. Um, the weird interaction that I had was not while canvassing. It was um, a cab driver that was uh, really crazy. He... Um, <laughs> I posted about it. I'm trying to remember the details. I was a little tipsy when it happened. He was like asking me what, uh, like when I was born and he was like asking what I did for a living and telling me it would be like really hard for me to find someone to marry me. And that that I was born in the year of the tiger. So I'm like Trump. Um, Oh my God. And then, like, while I was paying, he like grabbed my arm and like wouldn't let me leave as he was still talking about all this weird shit. And it was really, he was, like, really angry about me yeah, he sounds, Bernie. Yikes. He sounds really normal. <laughs> no, yeah, totally normal guy. I got his number. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, other than that, there were really no um, super negative experiences. It was all, it was all really positive. Like, it's just a really good vibe being surrounded by other people who, like, 
believe the same stuff you believe and like in person even people who don't agree with you are just like really unlikely to like yell at you the way that they do on twitter you know right. i mean i'm sure you guys know that but yeah they're just, yes. they're just as scared of you as you are of them yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. especially if you have actual convictions <laughs> like yeah. god forbid experiencing yeah. people who have actual convention convictions probably so did you um go to any events where you were there I went to two Bernie rallies. I volunteered at the first one, which was a really cool experience. Um, I also went to the Chapo Trap House show. <laughs> I don't know if you consider that an event. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, what was what was really cool was that um, the Bernie campaign did something really smart. They sent canvassers to the Chapo show. I mean, I guess not oh, canvassers, yeah. which is like volunteers to like sure, talk yeah. to people in the line and see if they wanted <laughs> to volunteer. And that was the way that I found out that they needed Spanish speakers. So it was because nice. of that that I ended up making Spanish calls the next day. So that was that was really smart of them to do, I think. Yeah, that's um, great. That is really cool. Yeah. It was my first Bernie rally. It was super awesome. I was so psyched. I had like a very minor duty of like just making sure the crowd was forming properly, but it was still super exciting. And it was like taking little videos of Bernie while he was talking. And then we saw everybody um, or we helped like direct a march toward the early voting site on campus because it was at UNLV. And that was just like really exciting to see like, you know, a couple hundred people like walking over to the early voting site that already had like a huge line. And it was just, I don't know, it was like kind of inspiring. It felt really nice to be a part of that. You're saying that even though they had a caucus, you were allowed to vote early. So that is something that's possible. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It doesn't sound possible. No, <laughs> not outside of state lines. Sounds... There's no way. <laughs> sounds like I... an inferior caucus to me. <laughs> it sounds like a logistical nightmare, unlike what we have right now. It's much better. It's good well, to vote I'm with very... your body in a gym. <laughs> I'm very confused because um, I believe that you went to a victory party on that day. And i it's my understanding that it takes three weeks and you never yes. get <laughs> Everyone votes and they count it and they recount it and they recount it and then yes. they throw all the numbers away. Yeah. The yeah. democracy grinds slowly, but it grinds very fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have heard that Twitter is not real life, and I have also heard what? that crowds do not translate into votes. So I'm shocked to hear that a crowd walked together to go vote. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> was like... my understanding. <laughs> That tweet was like the same day or like the day after I saw that happen. And I was like so pissed. I was like, no, literally I saw a crowd translate into votes. So <laughs> like, like the most direct transformation from a crowd into votes that there could possibly be. You witnessed it. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to describe a caucus in layman's terms, it is a crowd voting. <laughs> what I saw from your Twitter, at least, is that you got to see Nina Turner, which I, I have seen too. And Justin has seen a couple times, I think. Quick story about Nina, because she's very cool. She, I saw her speak at a criminal justice forum in Anamosa in 2015, and she was the first person I ever heard at a political rally say the word shit, which was very cool. <laughs> I like hearing swear words in politics. And it's then, fun. <laughs> and then yeah. after, yes. after the forum, she shook my hand and she called me darling. So I'm a big fan of Nina Turner. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so your sweet. path to radicalization. <laughs> <laughs> I like how a little bit of spice is a little bit of That's right. nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you went over Justin. <laughs> 
I'm glad it was her. Then, if like if Richard Spencer had like shaked her hand. <laughs> yeah, I could I could be a totally no, different guy now. Do you know yeah. who Pepe the Frog is, young man? Oh no. <laughs> I could just picture here her saying shit, and then Justin goes, "I'm listening." <laughs> is this discourse? <laughs> So what was your um, day of experience like? Of the um, actual I caucus? Think, yeah, just describe the caucus to us because all of us um, are have been forged in the fire of <laughs> yeah. the worst version of this. It's just total yeah. misery and you don't get results ever and it's just... <laughs> yep. um, I think that my caucus experience was like a lot more boring than you guys probably. So we showed up to... Um, the high school and there was a shortage of volunteers so I was kind of like iffy about volunteering as a precinct chair because I hadn't done the training but then they ended up needing more people so I did it um and in we were in high school so we were in classrooms for some of the precincts other ones they did like four precincts or something in the gym I think but um I had a classroom next to one of my other Twitter friends that I met over there and then another guy was also in the classroom next to me and none of us had anybody show up and they also, I believe both of them didn't have any early votes and I had two early votes. So I had to do like the tiebreaker with the card draw, which was uh, very interesting. Um, but I had no idea what to do because the way the rules are written does not account for like nobody showing up to draw the cards. Cause you, you know, you'd usually have like voters, people that are there caucusing do that. Wait, um, so nobody so showed up to the precinct to caucus? Nobody showed up to caucus at all in the three precincts that were in my area other people for other precincts there were like i think 20 to 25 precincts at this specific high school other people did show up it was just our precincts nobody showed up we just got lucky i think there were probably a couple more that people didn't show up i think they're very like small precincts um one of the guys mentioned to me that in his precinct there were only i think five registered democrats so it kind of makes sense jesus Um, Ah. wow yeah well, Stella had a thousand people and was locked in a gym. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone had to escape, and the precinct yeah. chair was screaming, shut the door, shut the door. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, see, I had, like, psyched myself up for something like that, and then it, like, didn't happen at all. <laughs> so a whole uh, precinct in one high school classroom. Well, that might, I the one question I was kind of wondering is, like, as an early state, I didn't know if, like, I mean, we're obsessive about the caucus in Iowa, so I didn't know, like, if Nevada was super into the caucus from what you saw, but sounds like perhaps not. Or I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't get to see, like, the local people caucusing just because I was, like, stuck in my classroom waiting for, like, two hours for, to get the people that I needed to do the card draw. Um, but I think there were, like, quite a few people there, and then... I know that one problem there was was that there were people I, I talked to people when I made phone calls and even when I was canvassing that like they really, really did want a caucus, but they couldn't because of work, which is like really sad. Ugh, yeah. That was um, the worst. Yeah, that was a really big bummer, especially because like um, at least for the casino workers, there is like some requirement that if they tell their bosses ahead of time, they have to give them that time to go caucus. Mm-hmm. But they were like afraid to do it you know Absolutely. yeah so but i think there was some excitement you know Are these like the strip caucuses you're talking about is what they were calling them where it was like uh like satellite locations that were like set up in the general area they work right yeah like for the for the actual strip workers i wasn't yeah. in one of those but i think somebody that i volunteered with was working as a precinct chair in one of those on the caucus day um it would have been cool to 
be at one of those because I didn't, since nobody showed up, I didn't get to use my Spanish to help anybody. And it sounded from what I heard like that would have been useful in other precincts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was a bummer. Sorry to bum everyone out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can can reverse the, the bumming out with a short... (laughs) Uh, thing that I heard from so we had Jack Allison on our show a couple episodes ago and when I I was over in LA last week and I met up with him for lunch and he told me that he was also in Nevada for the caucuses and he yeah I met him at an after party oh awesome yeah he's a cool guy yeah um he was volunteering at some caucus location and a guy showed up who did not speak any English at all and like he he just had like his ID and a a Bernie pamphlet that he was pointing at. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and the the people there figured out that he was at the wrong caucus location. But Aww. but he oh, arrived yeah. he arrived early enough that there was time for Jack to drive him over to the correct location. So he still got the vote. Oh my god, I love that story. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> That's good as hell. Yeah, yeah it was sweet. Oh, I have the warm fuzzies. I really needed it because I'm real dark today. <laughs> I yeah, know. I was I'm... not bummed out by the Nevada caucuses at all, oh. <laughs> considering the result. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he totally won, so that was that was a really great feeling to be there for that and to yeah. go to a party afterward with the other volunteers and just be in a bar that was like completely full of Bernie supporters. It felt fucking awesome, and I got to shake Nina Turner's hand. Yeah, really cool. Did she yeah. call you darling? Yeah. <laughs> she did not call me darling, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. <laughs> did she do any swears? <laughs> I think I want to say she might have done a swear when she was talking. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> you weren't allowed to draw a card yourself to break your. T- okay, who were your two votes first of so, all? So, um, it was for Warren and Buttigieg. So, yeah, so it was like a little disappointing (laughs) to just see that there were only two early votes. Um, But I had to get an observer from each campaign and then a site lead. I had to actually call the, not the hotline, like somebody who worked at the hotline had given our site lead her personal phone number because the hotline did not work. So I called this person (laughs) directly and talked to her and she told me what... That's shocking. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So she she told me what I needed to do, and it took, like, a really long time to get everybody in the same room because the high school is all spread out, and the site lead was so busy because there was so much going on, and there was a volunteer shortage. But eventually we got everyone in, and each of them drew a card. And then I actually can't remember who won now. Either way, it was, like, very disappointed that there was not even one Bernie vote. But um, I tweeted about this, and somebody got mad at me for saying it, but it was really nice to um, hang out with the supporters of the other candidates and like just talk to them like people because usually my interactions are online with like people being mean about me like right, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. worst people yeah. imaginable yeah so it was nice these are people that had also come from out of state just to like volunteer for their candidate so it was like i think we had that like mutual understanding if we were all there because we wanted to do that work you know yeah so it that is was, that was really nice right yeah. <laughs> to experience like experience like it's explicitly a political thing, but like you're all together in the same room. It's it's unique. But right. probably should not exist anymore. <laughs> no. No more caucuses. Ideally, uh we participated in the final Iowa caucus ever, so we can have that on our resume at least. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna oh, stop yeah. doing the caucus in Iowa? I hope so. Uh, I don't Maybe. think they're gonna yeah. abolish it, but it, it seems like they might. Because it was such a shit show this time. 
It's yeah. always a shit There's going to have to be like major changes for it to continue, I think. Which is the same yeah, thing really that they bad. say every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it bears repeating. It's, it's probably going back. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's why we had all the paper ballots this time. We yeah. Need major yeah. To make it easier. That gonna, yeah. That we're going to prevent this from ever yeah. happening again. <laughs> I mean, if they did the early voting thing, I don't know. It seems like it could uh, be there's better. There's no reason but... not to. I mean, the caucus itself, know, the it's way that we do so it, it's silly. It's exclusionary. Well, like it's like at the worst part of the year to live in Iowa. Like early, like mid February, right? It's at seven o'clock. There's people that work. They have kids. Like it's it's not like easy to just drop what you're doing and go do that. I mean, even with the early voting, there were a lot of problems that I feel like were created by technology. Um, there was like a multi-step no, check-in no process. Way. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it was really frustrating because there was. I don't know. It was just like a really daunting process for them to get all their information down and to like get people registered to vote because the check-in was electronic. Well, it was like a multi-step process. So like somebody would walk up, they would put their information on a card. Then I would look them up on an iPad. Then I would give them their ballot where they also had to put all their information again. And then after that, they had to check in themselves again on an iPad and put all the same information again. Um, So, and that was if they, you know, um, actually were found in the voter roll that we had. If they weren't found, then they had to register to vote again and then do all the other shit anyway. So it was like a really convoluted and unnecessary process that actually a lot of people just walked away because they were like, I came here on my break like i don't have time cool. i was <laughs> wow I was, yeah oh my God. i was doing it at a at a casino um uh, so it was all workers for the casino that had come down right. and hmm. i think i might have mentioned this in the thing i wrote they were all, there were also just a lot of spanish speakers and there was no support for them besides me which like i hadn't even planned to be there until like the night before or something right so i was just like what would have happened like with all these people just yeah. like, walked away Aww. probably probably yeah, and I mean, even with me there, thank a lot of people did walk away. Oh, thank you. That's nice. I have a quick question. Uh, did you have to use any apps? <laughs> so it was not, nothing was an app. Um, even, I didn't get to use it on the day of, obviously, because nobody showed up. But the quote-unquote tool that they had for the day of the caucus was just a Google form, which I think somebody has probably posted screenshots of wow. right now. Um, and also the same thing for, like, the early voting stuff. It was literally just, like, me looking up stuff on a non-searchable PDF. I just had to scroll through it. And then oh, the man. thing that they were doing on the iPad was um, Sounds good. just filling out a form. <laughs> I mean, non-searchable PDF did work better than you need to sideload the shadow app. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, there is no app debacle. Like that, that would have been a lot worse. <laughs> This is like the two caucus, the two first caucus states are now that I'm thinking about like the worst states to have caucuses in because we are a frozen, icy hellscape tundra. And then like Nevada is just uniquely not nine to five jobs. So like, I mean, yep. it's, it's already prohibitive everywhere, but it, it especially there, I would think just. Justin, add like a toilet flushing sound effect. Right <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Stella really likes to uh, demand Justin put very obscure noises in the <laughs> and he's happy to do it too so well the, to- <laughs> the toilet thing is easy yeah. <laughs> yeah the thing is 
he's never not made it happen. He's never not delivered. So, um, Carrie, please feel free to request whatever you want. Justin will make it happen for you. Can you do like birds chirping or something like around the falcon story? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one because I'll I'll put the bird sounds in, and then people will be listening, and then they'll hear you request it like half an hour later, and that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is good good content to me. <laughs> so tell me about your like after party. Was it amazing? We we just got so robbed of that moment of victory. Like the the party we were like Cooper and I went afterwards to the party um big rally following the um caucus and we were just really hoping that we would be able to feel that sense of victory and it got stolen from us even though he won the 6,000 more votes we never got that feeling I mean it was really fucking awesome like as soon as we got done at the precinct first I just went out with like my two friends that I was volunteering with and we had like boozy milkshakes and then after that we went to the bar where they were having the party with all the volunteers and it was I've just never been in a bar that was full of people that like share all my values so I was just like I don't know, overhearing people's conversations and we would randomly start chanting like Bernie beats Trump. And then all of a sudden, like Nina Turner showed up. We were literally just outside. Like nobody knew that she was coming, I don't think. And we were just outside and somebody was like, oh, Nina Turner's coming. And then all of a sudden she was just there shaking my hand. And it was just, it was just really incredible. I know that it's like, I'm not describing it in a great way, but I don't know what to say other than it was just fucking awesome. And I'm sorry that you guys didn't get to have that. That must have like really sucked. I know. I like to hear about it, though. We were just kind of pissed off for, like, the next week following the caucus instead. (laughs) (laughs) We just got kept in stasis. Like, it was just limbo for an entire week wondering what the deal was. (laughs) Because we're reading all these independent results coming in, and we're getting nothing from the party. We've got a pretty clear picture of what the result is, but, like, nothing is being confirmed. And, like, we're getting up early every day. Like, okay, what's the percentage at today? Oh, it went up 8%. We've got 58% reporting in now. The worst part about it was... It was all the areas that were like very heavily uh, Bernie that was coming in very slowly. We're talking like Blackhawk County, which is like the Waterloo area, uh, Lynn County and Johnson County, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Polk County, the Des Moines area was coming in very, very slowly. Like these are the the parts of Iowa that were expected to propel Bernie to victory. And we're just like very slowly having it trickle in. It sucked. Yeah, that doesn't sound intentional at all. Yeah, definitely not. No. (laughs) Well, and we're just counting down like I I was just I was incredibly depressed. I was very, very dark for a couple weeks um, and I was just counting down to this day. And I was like, if I can just make it to that fucking Tuesday, like I just yeah. have to survive to that Tuesday and <laughs> then everything is going to be better. And it didn't happen. Um, I finally got this feeling of like. You know, the caucuses are over and I put I left everything on the field and I don't need to think that like, oh, if I had done one more shift, maybe I could have swung the results. So I start to feel a lot better. Um, but it was still really hard. And so I'm so glad you were able to have a boozy milkshake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I like I identify so much with the feeling of being surrounded by people that, you know, are good and, you know, share your values and, you know, that 
you know, aren't going to, you're not going to be sitting at a table and hear um, someone next to you say, I'm socially, uh, <laughs> yeah. socially liberal, but economically conservative. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. there's going to be, they're going to be cool and have interesting stories. And um, you just feel like so energized. We've talked a lot on here um, because I think all of us, like as a left movement, and I know that you share this too of the the problems we're facing are so big like <laughs> the ecological collapse like people rationing insulin um watching all of our friends like sell their blood to survive and like the only way we can keep going and deal with that is going to rallies and is shaking Nina Turner's hand and feeling like you're a part of something like that's the only treatment for this um, is more activism. I know, a very tortured more cowbell there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's solidarity. Being around enough people that sort of have the same passion as you, it's invigorating, you know? I agree completely, Natalie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, for me, it's, it's really crazy to even experience that because, like, just a year ago, I was really politically isolated, and it's only through Twitter that I've made all these leftist friends and even before volunteering this time like I was able to hang out with like a dozen people in real life that all share my values which is something that I have never been able to do before back when I lived in Florida with my friends there they were all just kind of like at best well-meaning slightly conservative tech bros so for me it's like a really novel and incredible experience to even be in the same room as like a handful of people like that so a whole bar full of those people was just another level of incredible Nice. It's yeah. just been this process of like reaching across time and space and finding one another. Um, and like even these group of people that we're currently talking to, like we we weren't all the close friends that we are until kind of um, connecting over the Bernie movement and just like um, the sense of solidarity and like you're not crazy. You are seeing this like you're what you're seeing is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so much of being a leftist is just wanting to scream because you're being gaslit by the media and your mm -hmm. liberal friends and your conservative friends and just every from every angle. It feels like you're just being fucking gaslit. And to have people that you can sit with and can like, you know, validate you and say you're not crazy we see it too we also care we mm -hmm. you know it's it's a really good feeling and it's the only kind of antidote to the despair and it's mm -hmm. really nice to, to caucus and see your neighbors come out and see where they align with you for the most yeah. part even like you said like the supporters of other candidates and if they don't you put them on a list yeah, exactly. <laughs> People on the list. Uh, that was a nice experience for me too, because the area of town that I live in is like it's a pretty low income, like mostly working class part of town. And you know, I see people leave for work every day with like the same sort of like like wear and tear on their face that I do, and we kind of all come home late together, and you know, we don't really talk much. I mean, we're too busy with our own lives, and to be there at that caucus and to like see them there too for that, like I mean, mine went pretty well, like half the people that showed up to mine were all there for Bernie, which kind of shocked me. And, you know, to see all these people from the same neighborhood, you know, sort of cut from a similar cloth, but from, you know, our own walks of life, it was, it was extremely refreshing because it's, it's uh, living in Iowa. It's weird. It's, you know, people will, will call Iowa like a purple state or whatever. There's, you know, pockets of town that are, you know, more liberal than others, but there's really not a lot of, 
like leftist areas to the state, I would say. And having someone that sort of is casting a wide enough net that catches these people and brings them all together, it was it was awesome. Like, it, I mean, it was nothing like 2016. And to see like the signs in the neighborhood and like the bumper stickers, I mean, I know that's, you know, whatever, but uh, they just, it, it, there's more and more every time they go out. And it's, it's great. It's awesome. Um, I think it would be kind of interesting. So you're from Florida, right? <laughs> so the differences between Florida, Nevada, and Philly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. All right. You know Take a seat, everybody. Get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, politically, what is it? What are those? How is Nevada different than where you are now? I know you've only been in Philly for like it. Oh, not that long, right? Right. I've only been here since October. And I mean, growing up in Florida, like, I was a child of immigrants and everybody else that I knew was a child of immigrants. So it was just like all Spanish speakers and people that hate communism. Um, oh, right. Yes. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, which actually was another thing I wanted to talk with her. You're Cuban American. Yes. 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 That was a really huge blind spot to me. Um, she was talking, Carrie, on Twitter about um, what kind of like the assumptions that we make about um, like what younger Cubans might be and like do just, okay, tell us a little bit. uh, Why am I talking? (laughs) Uh, What do you think of Fidel Castro? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) And why is he good? I I do think that overall the revolution was good and I I do like Castro. Um, But Natalie, I think the thing you were talking about with somebody had tweeted something to the effect of like they didn't think that the Castro stuff would have that much an effect of an effect on like younger voters or something. And I mean, the truth is like everybody that I still like kind of keep in touch with, except for like one or two people, just like fucking hate communism and they hate Castro. And it's like a really, really strong feeling that's ingrained in us, like since we're old enough to talk and understand language. Like it's the revolution is the worst thing that ever happened. And Castro is totally evil and communism is bad, like, period. That's it. Um, And it's weird because the only thing that you ever get in this conversation from most people is either that perspective or the perspective of, like, no, Cuba is perfect and the revolution was perfect and everybody involved in the revolution was perfect. And I think both are, like, a little bit wrong. Like, there's just... What I was saying that day on Twitter was there's just, like, no nuance to it. Like, everybody that's pro-revolution is just, like, everybody had a sugar plantation. But, <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact is that um, a lot of... If something like that happened here, like, a lot of people that we love would flee the country. Because they would just be scared. Because of things that they mm-hmm. hear and things that they see. Like, somebody in my family was killed for, like, not saluting somebody. It, my family didn't leave because they were rich. They left because they were scared like most people would be um yeah there's like a lot of self-selection bias among the you know the people who are like the cubans who got out and formed communities here mm-hmm. where of course they're going to be like anti you know the revolution right what i thought was so interesting when you were talking about it was that people were kind of claiming that you know anti-communist sentiment was was not found in the children of Cuban immigrants in Florida. And um, you were saying that that's not true at all and that most of your friends around your same age still had that passed to them regardless. Right. And I'm I'm 33. Like, I assume those people are passing that same sentiment on to their kids. There's 
absolutely no reason from from my perspective to think that that's just something that's completely died off in the younger generation. It's a huge part of the culture, especially in South Florida. Like I grew up in, I grew up in Hialeah, which is like a small, like it's like near Miami. And then like in, in that area and in Miami and like Miami gardens and that whole area, there's just like a huge concentration of Cubans. And it is like a part of the culture to hate Castro. Like it just is. From what you've seen, do you think, does that translate to then sort of standard like American conservative views or is it more just around Castro, the figure and like and the revolution or does it kind of lead people to being politically conservative? It definitely like, I mean, I went to Catholic school growing up, so that also is a factor. Keep that in mind. But like everybody, (laughs) (laughs) like everybody that I grew up with, except for like off the top of my head I'm thinking of literally one person who I still like keep in regular touch with who's not like that everybody else is extremely conservative and they're like they support Trump and their line is like our parents came here the right way and the illegals trying to come here another way shouldn't be here yeah. Right. And it's it's oh, maddening. Cool. It's maddening to hear that from children of immigrants. Like I started to pull back on my Facebook use because of that. And that was actually around the time that I became active on Twitter because I was so politically isolated over the immigration stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when that audio of the kids in one of the camps was released and they were like crying and asking for their parents. Yeah. Like I was just looking for somebody to talk to about that. And nobody that I knew in real life, like actually cared, including like my partner at the time. And on Facebook, everybody was just like, oh, this is just like a ploy to like make people feel bad or whatever. Like these are illegal, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I, everybody is insane. (laughs) Like I need (laughs) to talk to people like me. And that's when I became active on Twitter. Before that, I only used Twitter for The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Also a good use. Yeah. Bachelor Nation. That's real. I'm sorry about that. No, I'm glad Rolo made an appearance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there he is. Rolo appearance. So Rolo is an Australian shepherd, and I have uh, baby pictures of Rolo bookmarked in my Twitter for when I'm having a bad day. This is a completely normal way to behave normally towards people that you uh, just reply to all their tweets on the internet. Natalie is starstruck right now from hearing I the barks. Think it's good. I am imagining you being out and just staring at pictures of Rolo and someone seeing your phone and being like, oh, when did you get him? It's like, okay, it's not my dog. (laughs) So technically not my dog and not a family's dog and not a family's like, hey, do you listen to podcasts? (laughs) Always something I like to ask people in public. <laughs> Great conversation starter, always. What was the change like moving to Philly? What are what are things, what's the energy there? Um, and what what did you kind of feel in Nevada? What did you notice? It's it's very different. It's very different in Philly from Florida. I mean, I like just in general, personally, like my life is very different. Like I have a group of friends close by in New York and, you know, I have like Shane here and the people that I've met through him are like academics and they're, you know, there's some leftists and there's cool people. Like I didn't have anybody like that in Florida and the energy is nice here. It's like, I think we live in an area that's at least friendly to socialist politics. Like we went to um, an anti-war rally and that was really cool. I'd never been to anything like that in Florida. And there were like just a ton of organizations represented there. And that was really cool to see. 
And um, in Nevada, I said Nevada, right? I was worried I was going to say Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> oh, I we mean, have, uh, in Iowa, we have Nevada. I'm sure we've all messed it up. Nevada. <laughs> in in Iowa, we have um, a bunch of cities that are named after um, different places in the world. <laughs> but they are all willfully mispronounced. Yeah. So we have, Nev- we have Nevada, Iowa, and we have Madrid, which is Madrid. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We have a Brooklyn, Iowa, too. I don't know how else you pronounce that, but Monticello instead of Monticello. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! We never put that together. <laughs> oh no! There's a there's a Milan, Illinois, right across the border too. Instead of Milan, spelled <laughs> <laughs> like Milan. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Okay, so Nev. We. I. Am I saying it wrong when I say Nevada? Nevada. No, you said Nev- Nevada. Nevada multiple times. I think. You said it correctly. Do I? I think if you said Nevada, I would have made fun of you, and I don't. Don't start thinking about it. You definitely said it right. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to. Yeah. Okay. So Nevada. Nevada. (laughs) Um, I already know the answer to this because I listened to your Patreon stuff. But did you gamble when you? (laughs) I did not gamble while I was. I've I've been to Vegas multiple times now, and I still have never gambled. And I think. As you probably heard on the Eat the Rich episode, that really disappointed Shane, I think. Um, well, it's, it's just the power but, of your Catholic upbringing, keeping you away from the that's right. things. Look, it's not... I, I want to be clear, I'm not anti-gambling. I have gambled before on a cruise, and I did make a couple hundred dollars, and I did find that it was extremely addictive. Like, I had to be yeah, pride it feels away. good. It feels fucking great, especially when you win. It's like, I just want to keep doing it and win more. Oh, Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> But um, I just, like, usually when I travel to Vegas, I mean, obviously, this time I was super busy, but the other times I've been, it's just, like, using Vegas as, like, a hub to go, like, hiking in different places, because the hotels are relatively cheap, since they expect you to gamble, and I've just always been too tired to gamble, because <laughs> I'm old, I guess, and I don't have enough energy, so I'm just like, I'll do it next time, but um, I'm going to have to take Shane with me next time and let him play roulette. I do have one little thing I don't think we touched on when you were talking about canvassing in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you run into <laughs> any canvassers for any other campaigns while you were out there? I did not. And I heard some people say that they had been told by people that they canvassed that nobody from any other campaign had knocked on their door. <laughs> wow. Um, and I will say that I mentioned to somebody that I was with that the we, there was a Pete office in the same strip mall as one of the offices that we volunteered out of and i was like that office is dead and he was like well their canvassers left earlier and there were like i don't know i think he said like a dozen of them or something so there were canvassers there but i don't think that the other campaigns had the same ground game that bernie did and the same like outreach especially to like the strip workers because there was a big push at least on the bernie side to canvass those strip workers and get them out there to caucus and early vote hell yeah nice i mean those are our people I don't know how you can witness like the discrepancy between the ground games and want any other nominee. Like it's clear who can dominate this. Well, good thing Biden uh, is going to absorb all of the infrastructure of all the uh, other, you know. Yeah, all that fucking energy for the campaign. Yeah, it's really going to beef up his campaign. Oh god. Justin, in, insert high high hopes, but have it be like slowed down real. I hope Sturridge remix. Yeah, the Death March version. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys see that video today of Biden just like completely losing it? 
Be more, be more specific. Yeah. Uh, referring to God as that thing. <laughs> well, well, I miss that this. That'll win a lot of votes. God. Just his brain is just oozing out of his eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had some cause for concern today when I saw that Klobuchar was dropping out and endorsing him, but then the more I think about it, the more I think that... I mean, he was already... His campaign was already dead on arrival once. And uh, I don't... I think... Bernie can beat him 1v1, honestly. Evan, in all fairness, his campaign has not just been DOA once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> many times in many You're right. Elections. I wasn't considering the other uh, failed campaigns. Yes. <laughs> Give the man his due. Congratulations <laughs> on your first primary win ever in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. This is mm. the first state he's ever won. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's back with new teeth and with hair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had a boss who is also a megalomaniac who uh, had similar veneers. And when he got them in, um, he was showing them to everyone in the office and like pointing at them. And he was like, eh, pretty good, huh? Now, <laughs> 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 whenever I see Biden in that, you know, endless tooth tooth-filled smile. I always think about like, Biden being like, uh, pretty good, huh? <laughs> All these teeth in here. <laughs> Gotta suck them up back in. Oh, yeah, because I go, like, I alternate between are they veneers or are they dentures endlessly. Oh, I think we, we saw the slip, though. We right? saw the slip, though. So you think they're dentures? I don't... Uh... I, I think we saw them fall out in one of the debates. And then he and sucked he, them really? back up. Yeah. It's going to be like the Zaprooter film. We'll, we'll slow it down and like, analyze it frame by frame. But I, I think I think it's dentures. I'm like looking at pictures of Joe Biden's teeth now, which is perfectly normal. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do kind of look. You know what it looks like? It looks like partial dentures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's, that's what it, what it is, isn't it? That makes sense. Oh, I'm so angry at how often I've talked about this. And I think that you just answered the question. <laughs> every episode every episode i bring up um how if you give us 15 more dollars on our patreon i will post pedicure uh, videos oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's right that's, that's that's everybody's opinion on the subject is, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then also what's up with his teeth Man, it sucks for him. It's it's not as easy to like fix your brain as it is your hair and your teeth. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his teeth look like the teeth that hockey players have that play in the league for like twenty years and they lose all their teeth like up front. And, like this is what they get. They ask for the Joe Biden toilet bowl whites anymore. <laughs> Do we want to do uh, the compatibility in the stars of Carrie to various um, political figures? It sounds like you do. So let's do it. (laughs) I can do your uh, star sign. I've been diligently taking notes time. So let me just uh, run through this really quick. So it's a tradition on the podcast to, um, first of all, disclaimer, astrology is completely made up, but also 100% accurate. That's right. Yes. And so oh. it's fake and we don't believe in it at all, but also every single thing about your destiny and compatibility with every single other person can be found in the stars. And it's correct 100% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> so we looked heavenward when we heard, Carrie, that you are a Gemini. And 
Unfortunately, Gemini is also a sign shared by Donald Trump mm-hmm. and Boris Johnson yeah. and George H.W. Bush. Really? Oh. Yeah. So the Gosh. fact that you wow. share a star sign with Trump as well as um, that that guy told you that you're born the same year, the year of the tiger. <laughs> we are unfortunately be... going to cancel you. Yeah, I would give yourself a long, hard look in the mirror tomorrow. And, uh... <laughs> but um, it gets worse. So... Oh, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> As a Gemini, you're easygoing, outgoing, enthusiastic, and maybe a little impulsive and nosy. Do you think that scans? I think that scans, yeah. I don't know the outgoing yeah. part, but like, yeah, the other stuff, yeah. <laughs> you are unfortunately um, least compatible with Virgos and Pisces. And I think about half the Rock Hard Caucus team are Virgos. Yeah, it's oh, me. and Bernie's a Virgo. Bernie's a Virgo, yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. So this is why you said... <laughs> Stella said she didn't want to start with this because she was worried Carrie uh-huh. would be offended. <laughs> Hold, on. <laughs> Hold on. So which ones am I incompatible with? Virgos and what? So you're incompatible with incompatible with Virgos, which Bernie is a Virgo. Okay. And I think maybe someone else is too, like Klobuchar. Let's say it's Klobuchar. And Pisces I'm as fine well. Yeah, that. Pisces was the other. Yeah. Yeah, and then Pisces, Pisces was the other one. Pisces kind of suck. So. <laughs> Pisces kind of suck. Yeah. Sorry to break the news, but wow. yeah, Carrie, did you say you're in you're engaged? Yes. What is your partner's sign? Pisces. And I'll tell you if it's gonna work out. <laughs> I guess it's not gonna work out. Oh no! Pisces. Yes, yes. Oh, oh no. Well thanks oh, no. for joining us this Again, week, guys. Uh, next week we're gonna have it's not real. All right. Here's what you. Here's who you should be looking for. You, should, you are much more compatible with an Aries like Barack Obama or Fidel Castro. Hey. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, a Leo, a Leo. They're Leos. Okay. You're compatible with a Leo and Aries, a Libra like AOC. Or okay, this okay. is the most upsetting part. You are very compatible with. Aquarius and the only candidate I could find who's running for president today who is an Aquarius is one Michael Bloomberg. Oh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. But Evan's an Aquarius, so I am, um, just yes. dump shame for Evan. <laughs> 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 Problem solved. This, this whole thing was an elaborate. <laughs> Get to sipping. <laughs> moving, moving to Iowa, baby, which is a, a downgrade from Florida and from Philly and from Nevada. <laughs> Good thing I'm a Gemini, so I'm impulsive, so I'm just going to do it. So <laughs> I'll be waiting. <laughs> Astrology is stupid. Uh, that being said, I'm a uh, uh, uh Valsel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm no fap, and I save up that energy, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm burning sage in the more problematic boys' chats I'm in on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm trying to find the stop and frisk editorial. Uh, I have it pulled up if you just want to. 
Oh, your voice is so soothing. I want us to go back to me not being responsible for anything because I'm a dumbass. I mean, if you want me to read it, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think you're doing great, Natalie. You are doing fantastic, Natalie. Yeah, you're doing fine. (laughs) Fine? Okay. Justin's going to read it. You'll see his voice is very soothing and he's professional. (laughs) All right. So we're going to read an article entitled Stop and Frisk Works. Democrats condemn legal practices that reduce crime at their peril. Hell of a headline, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is in which paper? Which Iowa paper? Uh, this is from the Des Moines Register. It's written by Todd Blodgett. <laughs> <laughs> One of our great pundits. Great name. They list him <laughs> They list him as an Iowa View contributor. Yeah, this guy's resume reads like... He should be in the Hague too. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's at the bottom of the page, but I'll read it now. Um, so Todd, yeah, Todd Blodgett of Clear Lake served. <laughs> he served on President Reagan's White House staff, and as an advisor to the 1988 presidential campaign of George H. W. Bush. So he's a proven winner, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, he did win that. Oh, Gemini, um, George H. W. Bush. He also worked for the Republican National Committee and the FBI. Cool. Jesus, what a fucking resume, yeah. dude! <laughs> wow. His, You're telling me this guy is tough on crime? <laughs> his, his photo is attached as well, and I think it's safe to say, uh, very ghoulish. His, <laughs> he looks like Hino without the fucking big eyes. This might be like a weird thing to say, but like his hair is the same color as his skin. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like like his kidneys are failing. Okay. It's like his whole body is jaundiced. Like every inch of it. Even his suit. He looks a little bit like I could see maybe John Delaney with Habsburg as like heavy. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has major butthole eyes. Oh, he does have butthole <laughs> eyes. I've never seen someone's mouth be literally like a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his butt eye holes. <laughs> Okay. Justin, okay, Justin, will you? Yeah. (laughs) This is why Justin's very important to the show on top of production. (laughs) Now that I've handed it back to Justin, I've just descended into my normal chaos. All right. So, Todd Blodgett, here are the words of Todd Blodgett. (laughs) (laughs) The anti crime policy, Stop, Question, and Frisk, popularly known as Stop and Frisk, (laughs) <laughs> saves innocent lives and removes uh. guns from the rough streets of America's cities. Guns are good, though. Did right? you know that crime has been going down for, like, the past, like, 40 years? Like, it's not yeah. even, like, it's so fucking ridiculous to, like, even act like it's, like, a huge problem. The very first question, he's being, like, weirdly pedantic. Like, the actual policy is stop, question, and frisk. Thank you very much. Yeah, like... <laughs> They have a little a friendly conversation. (laughs) Stop. Chat. Yeah, ask about like how the bets doing or like why why are the actors so shitty this year? Recently, audio from 2015 featuring former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg surfaced in which he enthusiastically endorsed stop and frisk. Angering leftists, the ex-Republican said, 95% of murderers and murder victims are male, minorities, 16 to 25 in virtually every city. 
It's true that minority males, and particularly young blacks and Hispanics, are more likely to be arrested for and convicted of crimes than whites. All right, so far... Yeah, that's all there. There's nothing more. There's no but. It's just, that's it. (laughs) Well, and there's a difference between more likely to be arrested and more likely to have done crime. Correct. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Some such arrests are wrongfully perpetrated by racist law enforcement officers. (laughs) Wait. Did I just become a a blodget head? (laughs) You did. (laughs) In such instances, disciplinary actions are rightfully taken. Mm. (laughs) However, Uh, wow, I wouldn't say (laughs) it's just his opinion. Okay, Uh, it's just his takes. It's fine. You don't have to agree with him. I'd like a list of the times that Todd thought that this like what are the ba- what are the bad ones? When, when was Todd? this adequately handled by internal yeah. investigation? <laughs> However, many Democrats condemn stop and frisk as racial profiling. Maybe it is. <laughs> Didn't he like literally just say that it was racial profiling? Yeah, this article's off to a no, great start. No, it's not racial profiling. It's just saying that the people who commit crimes are usually between the ages of 18 and 25 and are young African-American males, but it's not profiling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else you would call that. Solid. <laughs> Rock salt. Maybe it is. Yet those who benefit most from stop and frisk are law-abiding minorities. As Department of Justice statistics show that minorities, particularly poor ones, are far more likely to be victims of crime than others. And anyone who is stopped and frisked who hasn't committed a crime has nothing to fear. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. And this article was written this year? Uh, like a few <laughs> days ago, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. This, I, this is oh. It from the 80s? Yeah, February 28th. <laughs> Stop and frisk's efficacy as a public safety measure has been proved by objective statistics and attested to by former New York City police executives and mayors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can, right. well, that's we can trust those sense. guys. No problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problem, then. But tell that to the pro-perpetrator leftist agitators who infest today's Democratic Party. Pro-perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be... Co- I'm a pro-perpetrator <laughs> yeah. leftist agitator. <laughs> got a nice, oh, yeah. nice ring to it, honestly. <laughs> got like internal rhymes. Of, <laughs> it's a wordsmith. Pro-perpetrator. Lots of P's and R's in there. Yeah, this is it's poetry. Since 1968, cops throughout America have made Terry stops, so-called because of the U.S. Supreme Court decision Terry v. Ohio. Under Terry, reasonable suspicion that a crime is being committed or has been justifies such stops. Even if stop and frisk constitutes racial profiling, it's legal. As the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 1975's mm. United States v. Brignoni Ponce. And everything that's been legal in the United States has always been good and ethical <laughs> and, and moral. Awesome. Right. And just. Especially when it comes to race, I think. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's racist, it's legal. <laughs> he's he's forgetting like the stuff that came after that like when the when they said stop and frisk was unconstitutional <laughs> yeah jesus well but in the case of 1975's united states v brignoni ponce unanimously the justices decreed that what is now called racial profiling is acceptable legitimate and legal they decided that the likelihood that any given person of Mexican ancestry is an alien is high enough to make Mexican appearance a relevant factor for the U.S. Border Patrol. 
and Very other <laughs> and other law enforcement oh entities to stop vehicles and question the occupants regarding their immigration status. Very cool. Oh my god. Writing for the court, Justice Lewis Powell said that a heavily loaded vehicle, <laughs> an extraordinary number of passengers, and or the characteristic appearance of persons who live in Mexico could, in concert, warrant such stops. Okay. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this billionaire, now a Democratic would-be president, condemns stop and frisk now and apologizes for it. After crediting it for saving countless lives, he's brought a wallet to a gunfight and focused attention on an issue that hurts Democrats. Bloomberg has sold out. Oh, man. <laughs> he knows <Okay>. that. <laughs> wow. He really went there. He knows that repudiating stop and frisk means his candidacy will fold like a bad poker hand. Oh, sorry. He knows that not repudiating stop and frisk means his candidacy will fold like a bad poker hand. How many metaphors do we have in that last paragraph? <laughs> uh, so he, let's see. He brought a wallet to a gunfight, which is something I've never heard before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then would you, would you say somebody's selling out? Is that a metaphor? Mm. No, I don't I think, think so. Maybe. I mean, in Bloomberg's case, it's like he can't be literally selling out, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would take a long time (laughs) for him to sell all the way out. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, his candidacy will fold like a bad poker hand. What what um, sound effects should we insert for (laughs) each of these shuffling cards? Yeah, definitely like a shuffling card deck. A wallet to a gunfight, I don't know. Just a gunshot, I guess. Cash register. Cash register, yeah. 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 I think um, Mike Bloomberg would be perfectly justified bringing a wallet to a gunfight, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I think he could win that gunfight. (laughs) He could make it stop immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what getting mugged is, basically, right? Right. Former New York Police Department spokesman Paul Brown says stop and frisk saves lives, especially in communities disproportionately affected by crime and especially among young men of color. Former New York Police Commissioners Ray Kelly and Howard Safir and ex-Mayor Rudy Giuliani all agree. The highly regarded Yale-educated criminologist Heather McDonald, a nationally recognized expert in victimization and crime prevention, unabashedly supports stop and frisk. Yale is bad. Ivy Leagues are bad. It melts your brain. You shouldn't go. They all fuck pigs there. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Perfectly in line with Michael Bloomberg's, um, we can uh, make this better for you. Like, we can, uh, like, this is all for your own good, basically. (laughs) Like, I will be the best boss for America. What kind of freaky sex thing is Michael Bloomberg into? I'm going to say balloons or diapers. (laughs) <laughs> I, I hate to say this as a fellow short man but i think bloomberg is he's definitely got an issue with his height he's probably into yeah. very tall women i mean who's not Giant yeah, i think he's got yeah. an amazon fetish kind of thing which is not not that weird so i'll go with diapers no, too that's fine <laughs> who among us <laughs> they do not <laughs> if you i think if you kind of explore some of the ridiculous stuff he said to women like if you look at what the women who have sued him have accused him of saying like you can definitely tell what he's into there's a lot of like blowjob talk of blowjob 
activities pretty frequently. Honestly, it seemed pretty tame to me. Just your run-of-the-mill you harassment. Problem with it. You think that's <laughs> no, fine? It's like very vanilla harassment. In, in, no, God, I'm gonna get canceled. Well, y'all. I mean, you're you're um, right. Like it could have been a lot worse, but he still shouldn't yeah, be harassed. Yeah, no, I mean, he's employees. on the flight log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has he has six numbers in the black book. Yeah, here's here's a, a second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth number, just in case you can't repeat this first one. <laughs> I think just in terms of what he's into, it's probably boring, like boring, rich, short billionaire stuff. <laughs> the Washington Post's liberal columnist Richard Cohen told NPR's Talk of the Nation host Neil Cowan in 2012 that stop and frisk is highly effective and lowers violent crime. Cohen added that stop and frisk is somewhat problematic as higher percentages of blacks and Hispanics get arrested than whites. <laughs> yeah, I'd call that problematic, sure. Yeah, it's it's somewhat problematic. <laughs> yeah, That's about somewhat. as far as this fucking wet noodle is willing to go. <laughs> That's true, but non-biased studies consistently prove that non-whites <laughs> are more likely to commit violent crimes than whites. You know, oh my, my favorite God. studies are non-biased studies, so I'm glad that that was clarified <laughs> in this fucking article. There's there's a link wow. here. Let me just check where this goes. Stormfront.org? What's this? It goes to... What's, what's, the, what's the NCBI? National Center for Biotechnology Information. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, this is perfect. I don't know, this man. This is assessing the race, crime, and ethnicity <laughs> crime relationship in a sample of serious adolescent delinquents. Well, I'm convinced. Oh. Not sure what this is doing on this website. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, non-biased studies consistently prove that non-whites are more likely to commit violent crimes than whites. What's truly problematic for the Democrats is that by ignoring the truth and facts and caving to identity politics, most likely oh. voters <laughs> could perceive their party as pro-perp. <laughs> And if that happens, their presidential Pro-perped. nominee will be doomed. <laughs> what the is that the end? That's how, he, that's, the end. <laughs> that's how he closes. That's a, that's a strong close. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the, the truly problematic part. <laughs> Again, this is a Reagan, H.W. Bush veteran, also the RNC and the FBI, telling Democrats that they need to listen to him and not be so pro-perp or they may be doomed in the future. Why do they always think we need to get advice from these fucking ghouls? Stop, you're not, right. we don't care. You're not in our party. Go away. <laughs> Look at this shit, dude. Like, this gets published. Like, this gets published. People read this, they're like, yeah, you know, this guy makes a lot of sense. Like, this is where I'm going to get my fucking takes from, is idiots like this. Like, come the fuck on. Uh, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but a lot of people are uh, uh, agreeing with him, and they don't even consider themselves fascists. <laughs> well, Carrie, that's your introduction to the kind of writing we get in our local papers here in Iowa. <laughs> It's good stuff. Sounds great. Unfiltered. <laughs> There's not much that goes on here. There, there really isn't. Like we already talked about, the most exciting part of you know the century for us is the two caucuses we get every ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, we've given Bloomberg a hard time, but the caucus is kind of our thing. So. <laughs> I mean, do you like brisket? I mean, if you like brisket, Iowa's cool. You know, do you like minor league baseball? Like, that's it's good do for like, that too. Like, do you like ambrosia salad? Do you like ambrosia, yeah. Oh, no. Do you like junior league casserole. hockey? Yeah, like you know, we've got some cool stuff. Just generic casserole. 
Yeah. Do like you like marshmallows in your fruit salad? Yeah. Loose meat sandwiches. <laughs> we, got, we got it all. Yeah, do you know what a Casey's is? <laughs> a what? We are insanely loyal to our gas station. Yeah. <laughs> Slash pizza emporium. That's right. Slash liquor store. Well, you guys, in Philly, you have uh, Wawa, correct? I have no idea. Oh. I, I've seen, I mean, we had Wawa in Florida, too. Yeah. Casey's is like our Wawa, basically. Just a gas station yeah. where okay. we all eat. I mean, gas station that actually has good food options. Yeah. Mm. I mean, better than <laughs> most gas stations. I mean, for a gas food station. options. <laughs> if I've I've ever never gotten Iowa. diarrhea from Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful endorsement. That's their slogan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same cannot be said for the Iowa Democratic Party official events. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> you were trying to about poison British supporters. <laughs> What is the okay? Let's close on this. What's the weirdest kind of porn you've looked up just to see if it exists? <laughs> oh God! Jesus Christ! Wow! <laughs> um, I don't know if I've actually ever done that. Yeah, I don't think I've either. But I, I, I don't let's think ask I have. this person we just met that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, not I don't. I'm logging off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't necessarily asking her. Okay, whatever. You run the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> you find a cool guest and invite them and run the show if you don't want me I don't to think ask you want people my guests about. On here. <laughs> I did that two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Justin has interviewed Jack Allison and three of the Chapos. Oh, that's very and- cool. And I can't even make it through a single episode with you without asking what kind of porn do you look up? <laughs> I think you did great. I mean, I like the thing that I do just from like being used to doing this um, since I grew up on 4chan is just like looking up if there's rule 34 of like anything. Oh, yeah. And there always is. That's that's there the rule. always is. Yeah. Like we were we were watching uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and I had to look up like Freddy Krueger oh. rule 34. And of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's mostly lady Freddy Kruegers, which is kind of interesting, but yeah, Mm. that's it. That is interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so interesting. (laughs) Justin is uh, (laughs) typing it in right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. Oh, wow. Lady Freddy Kruegers Kruegers look great. (laughs) I think the the worst thing that I've seen recently is I saw something pop up on Twitter. There was a a Greta Thunberg uh, doll that they had made. Oh, God. Yeah, they spent like uh, like five or six grand on it. Did you guys hear about the uh, oil company or whatever like the oh god i'm gonna butcher this oil company yeah they have like this really disgusting sticker basically of greta thunberg being raped um really yeah jesus yeah super effective on that note <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm looking at horny pictures of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we've been going for like an hour 45. Yeah. Uh, do you want? Yeah. I'm so Natalie, sorry. Do you want? I'm so do you want sorry. me to, to okay. take the hosting thing away from you and to end it, or do you want to close us out? No, I need this revoked from me. So, Carrie, you're on Twitter. You have a podcast. Uh, give give us the general plug so people can find you. 
I am on Twitter at eating in my car, which I regret making that my at every day. That's a great handle. That's I'm great. On... Very relatable. Yeah. And I, I was eating in my car a lot at the time that I made it, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a podcast, JK I'm Fine Pod. Um, that's the at. And I write on Medium. There's a link to my stuff in my profile. I just published a long piece about my experience in Vegas volunteering for Bernie. And that's it. I think that's all my stuff. Also, listen to Eat the Rich. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Carrie, Hell yeah. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this has been a fun recording session here on Rock Hard Caucus. Um, for our regular listeners, I do want to let you know that I just registered a domain for our show. It's rockhardcock.us. Uh, and I, I just realized saying it out loud. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a problem. All right, so you, you don't spell it like the the naughty way. Yeah. You know, you spell it the regular way. You just put a dot before the U and the S at the end. Uh, right now, it just forwards to our SoundCloud. But you know, it's it's fun. I we have a website now, <laughs> so check that out. You know, type that in. Uh, go to our SoundCloud as usual after you type it in. Uh, it's a pretty fun, different way to go to our SoundCloud now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Email us at rockhardcaucus at gmail.com if you want to complain about me and how terrible I did this episode and <laughs> clamor for Justin to get back. Don't do that. We will come to your house and beat you up. You did great, Natalie. disrespecting Natalie. Yeah. The rest of us yeah. will hurt you for being mean. <laughs> I will hunt you down. We'll do targeted harassment. At the very least, targeted harassment. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Goodbye from Rock Hard Caucus. God bless. Thanks, guys. <laughs>